and welcome to episode number 116 of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by Brett Colson, where we can run down all the big bets, all the big news, all the big happenings here in this crazy gambling industry. Coming to you for the second time this week, we're going to have a at least two podcasts a week for, I would say, the foreseeable future here as we start to look at what you can bet before the NFL season starts. And then, of course, we will be running down all of the stuff in season as well and keep you up to date with everything that's going on in the sports world on the other podcasts there. Go ahead and hit us up on Spot, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, in Apple. Let's go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review. Give us that five stars. Let us know what you're thinking. And Brett, you know what? We'll even take a bad review, I think, at this point. I, I'm just looking for some fresh reviews in there. So if even if you want to leave a bad one, we'll take it. Yeah, give us a bad review. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Tell us what you want to see. I mean, all of that is uh, constructive. It'll help us get better and, and give us a give you guys a better a better show. At the Lines US, at PlayPix US, if you want to follow the accounts there. At Brett Colson, at Matt Brown M2 on the Twitter machine. We will be previewing the AFC North today for you guys. But first, we will go ahead and kick things off here with just what's going on in the sports world. And of course, unless you live under a rock or not a sports fan in the first place, which we know you aren't because you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you weren't a sports fan, everything came to a halt. There was uh, another instance where there was a violence against a black man by police. And with that, the sports world spoke up and they spoke up the only way that they know how Brett and, you know, they've used their platform. What I think is for good. And I'm glad that actually they went ahead and decided that they weren't going to postpone the entire season, specifically talking about the NBA players when it comes to this, because I do still believe that their, their power is the fact that they're on television right now, all day, every day, they have pregame uh, post uh, conferences, postgame conferences, in-game stuff. Like their platform has never been bigger than it is right now. And I think if they would have made that decision to shut the thing down for the rest of the, of the season, look, sports news cycle still has to go on. It still has to move on. And so, while the most elite of elite athletes, anyone will stick a microphone in front of LeBron James any day of the week, but. As far as that goes, you know, I think that there is a chance that this could have kind of like gone through the news cycle much, much faster than than it would have otherwise. And so I'm glad they decided to stay. And I'm glad that, you know, look, it, it was a very eye opening thing. And I think games getting canceled for a few days was a good thing for everyone to stop and really realize and understand what's going on. But the rumors that were floating out there about them canceling the entire season, I thought that that was a little short sighted on the players part. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to touch on the like the political and social causes and ramifications of this because it's not my place, and this is a sports betting contest or a podcast. But this this will not have a dramatic impact on these sports seasons when it's all said and done. Um, you know, we become numb to days and weeks and months without sports during the pandemic. So a couple of days without MLB and NBA and NHL doesn't have the same weight that it would have had last year. So I didn't really didn't really affect me i'm just i again i'm just i feel so numb to it all so i you know i hope i hope this does create some change for the best in the world because that's what this is all about i mean sports is such a small thing compared to what's going on in the world right now so um yeah i i hope uh i hope this does do some good for 
outside of sports. I definitely LOL at the people who are like, yeah, I'm not watching anymore. It's, it's like, well, if so you're not watching people, man. if you're not watching anymore, you weren't watching in the first place. If like right. games getting shut down for two days or three days or whatever made it to where you're not going to watch the NBA anymore, you probably weren't watching in the first place. So right. you, you're probably not going to be missed. I'll put it that way in the grand scheme of things. Uh, with the NHL, they in solidarity did take the day off as well. Um, what we're looking at on the NHL side of things, and this has changed even from when we hit you guys up on Monday. Uh, Brett, the Knights now are full-on favorites. There's no co-favorite going on over at DraftKings. They are 3-1, to one, not that 325 anymore. So uh, plus 300 on the Knights, plus 340 on the Lightning, and then it starts getting uh, – Way, way longer on all the rest of the teams. Avalanche and Flyers at seven to one, Stars at seven, um, seven twenty-five, Bruins at eight hundred, Islanders at nine fifty, and then you have the Canucks coming in at seventeen to one. So we, you know, we talked about the Knights making that big move there to be co-favorites as far as the NHL playoffs, and now the money, at least on DraftKings, it seems like has been coming in on that team, and they are now the outright favorite over there. Yeah, that's what happens when you keep winning. <laughs> I mean, they're, 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 they're the best team in the league. I mean, I, I think that's they've they've done enough to to earn that uh, earn that. So I, I'm not surprised at all to see them as the plus 300. Um, yeah, the the Islanders Flyers series now even at one. So we saw their futures odds flip after the Flyers took game two. So um, that'll be a fun series. I think that's probably the highest percentage of, of series that go with seven games. I think the, the Flyers Islanders is the highest. Over on the Major League Baseball side of things, there were some teams that did play through. There were some teams that decided that they were going to also take a couple of nights off. But, you know, in a wacky season like we've had with baseball already, yeah, it's not it's really like, that weird. You know, it's not really that weird if you look up and you see a postponed on any of the next to one of your teams or something like that. Dodgers plus 370, Yankees plus 450. The Rays now are your third team there in the World Series futures at 9-1, to and the Twins coming in at 10-1, to sitting right alongside the A's, who are 10-1 to as well. And, Brett, I mean, you know, look, yes, if we look at these, the, the Dodgers, Yankees, we expected them to be where they are. I understand the numbers where they sit. That said, I mean, this Rays team, you were all over them before the season started. This Rays team sitting at nine to one there. Uh, odds have plummeted. You are glad to, you are, you are very happy to have a Rays ticket in your account that is much, much longer than the nine to one you're getting right now on them to win the World Series. Uh, another couple of teams we thought would be good in the Twins coming in at 10 to one. The Braves are at 11 to one. So a lot of this season, as crazy as it has been, at least from a betting standpoint, as we sit right here and look at these odds, uh, not a ton has changed. Yeah, no huge surprises. We saw a team like the Rockies come out early, uh, but they've kind of, you know, regressed to where we ex- kind of expected them to be. The Padres have been, uh, I-, I wouldn't say they would have been a surprise. I think we we thought the Padres would be pretty good, but they are are certainly making a case as one of the better teams in the National League. The Rays, yeah, I, I'm feeling good about the price I have, but that, that bullpen is depleted. I mean, they, they I think they've got like eight, eight relievers on IR right yeah. now. So I mean, the craziest they, thing. They, yeah. they've got to get healthy. Yeah. I mean, they're still winning because they've run into the Orioles and the Jays and they get the Marlins next. I mean, those are winnable games without a bullpen, I guess, but yeah, they've got to get healthy if they're going to have a chance at the Yankees and the Dodgers. 
As far as the division winners go, and we did a preview on all of the divisions that are out there. Again, not much has changed in the Central. The Twins are your big-time favorites there, even money to win the AL Central. The Rays now, your favorites to win the American League East, minus 134 on the Rays where you're getting even money on the Yankees. The A's now the overwhelming favorite to take the West, which is really the big shift in the odds there. They were right there with the Astros before the season started, but it was the Astros that were the favorites to be the, uh, to take the West. The A's now sitting at minus 480 there, Brett, to take the West. The Astros you could get at plus 275 if you think that they're going to rally. They've been dealing with a bunch of injuries over there as well. Had to move their star, Jordan Alvarez, <laughs> to the season-ending IL. He played all of three games before he was uh, over there. Alex, Alec Bregman, as always, is uh, seems to be injured right now as well. So uh, tough going there for the Astros team. A lot of people might even say karma, whatever it might be, but uh, they have fallen to 425 over on the National League side of things. The Cubs Minus 335, big-time betting favorites there in the Central. Cardinals coming in at plus 500. Everyone's preseason darling in that Reds team, third at 10-1. to The National League East, as we mentioned, the Braves getting it done over there, minus 335. The next you're going to get, you get 850 on the Mets and Phillies. So uh, that's what you're looking at there on in the East. And then over in the West, the Dodgers, as we mentioned, they are now minus 1,000. You would have to lay 1,000 American dollars to win 100 for them uh, to win the National League West. So it is playing out like that. Um, a, a lot of these teams, again, Dodgers were the favorites heading in. Braves were the favorites heading in. Cubs were the favorites heading in. The uh, the Twins were the favorites heading in. But a little bit of a shakeup there, again, over on the AL side in the East and the West. Yeah. I, I, I love to see the Astros struggling. I really hope they don't make the playoffs. I don't love that <laughs> Alvarez. I had, I made two home run leader bets before the season. One was Alvarez, one was Soto, and neither started the season on the field. So it's that's that's been kind of disappointing. But um, yeah, I I'm so happy the Astros are struggling. Yeah, it is. It is the the karma. A lot of people out there are screaming the karma police is getting it done. And, uh, you know, listen, it's, uh, it's weird things happen in this world. It's, it's 2020, Brett. Weird things might ha- might be happening right now. You know, yeah, there, we, there might actually be something. We on. talked about them as maybe being valued just because of the public perception and you know, the public not wanting to bet on them before the season. I almost I was there almost placed a bet on them for win totals and the in the division. I ended up not doing it, thankfully, but uh, I'm going to lose money on other ways that the Astros are, are losing. So it, it, all, it all evens up. Over here on DraftKings as well, you can click on the Player Futures tab, Brett. When you click on the Player Futures tab and then you click on the AL MVP, you don't have to go very far to find one Nelson Cruz who is now sitting at 10 to 1 to win the American League MVP Whereas we have a ticket in our account for Nelson Cruz at 100 to one to win the AL MVP. If you guys remember that preseason podcast that we were talking about right there, we were trying to find a little bit of value for you out there. And in a short season, one of the guys that has been the very most consistent, very best hitters in all of the in all of Major League Baseball over the past six or seven years has been Nelson Cruz. The fact that he plays DH was pretty much an automatic disqualifier. But in this short, weird season, we were saying he could put up eye popping numbers that they might not be able to deny. And Brett, here we are. And again, he could fall off or he could get injured or whatever it might be. But 
those numbers we were saying that he might put up, he is actually putting up. And I shared with you a couple of different articles that have been written just in the past week about could we actually see Nelson Cruz win the MVP award? What are his current numbers at? What, I, I'm trying to remember exactly what we said he would need to hit in order to win it. I think he's gone above and beyond that so far. Um, but yeah, still sixth in the AL right now on the odds board behind Kyle Lewis. Am I just not paying attention to what's going on in Seattle? Like, what, what's I Kyle mean, Lewis he's, doing? He's doing good, but I thought like it would just be one of those deals where it's like, okay, he's 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 got he's got the maybe the rookie of the year locked up but it's like but i mean this whole this whole deal with the mvp i mean i think that's a little ridiculous do people are people betting on him to win mvp when they're they mean to bet on rookie of the year like wow he's taking a lot of action what's going on here with kyle yeah we have nelson cruz hitting 315 he has a 402 uh, on base percentage, he is slugging 649. He has 23 runs scored, uh, uh, four doubles, 11 homers, 27 RBI for him uh, on the on the season so far. And so we were saying, if he were able to go out and really put up these crazy type numbers, that wow, um, he might actually be able to do it as a DH, and he is doing just that so far. Now, still a decent amount of season to go here, but. Uh, it's just pretty interesting and kind of fun to watch. It's, at least it's a nice sweat to have a 101 to one ticket on him sitting in your account. Of course, there's still that pesky guy named Mike Trout out there, though. Yeah, but his odds have dropped. He's now plus 600. His teammate, Anthony Rendon, plus 800. The leader or the favorite right now, Brandon Lowe of the Rays, plus 500. I have the wrong Ray uh, in, my, <laughs> in my MVP account, but that's okay. As long as Brandon Lowe is hitting, they're getting some production uh, in that offense. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. I imagine if you're a sports fan as well, you don't need to be told what Fernando Tatis Jr. is doing right now. He has moved into your favorite for NL MVP, and rightfully so. It is crazy right now, Brett, watching him play uh, a guy that entered the the season way, way down there. I don't think he was as long as... uh, as Nelson Cruz was, but definitely was one of the guys that was way down there as far as the odds go. And Fernando Tatis Jr. has been putting up numbers. Whenever we take a look at this stuff, we say, okay, that would be a decent, that'd be a decent season. No, I mean, like this guy already has, he's hitting 300. He's got 13 bombs. He's got 31 runs scored. He's got 30 RBI and he has stolen six bases as well um it seems like if not every night brett every other night we're getting some sort of tatis highlight yeah he's awesome i'm surprised he's actually at plus 350 i would have thought they would have been lower than that what is why is mike yastrzemski the second on the board he's the kyle lewis of the national league apparently. i know i know like it makes no sense he, he is they're they're not <laughs> Wait, well, is that's like, already like they're good but they're not that great he's not hitting 400 right. I know, like what in the world? Two eighty nine. Yeah, that's like the craziest stat. It, is someone so? Was there, is there someone out there that's like this huge Mike Ostrimsky lover, and he's just been betting him like repeatedly at DraftKings Sportsbook or something? Like, are they were they forced to move these odds to that? So that what's going so on? strange. I, I, I don't <laughs> understand what's going on with the Mike Ostrimsky and Kyle Lewis in these DraftKings. I haven't looked to see what the, their numbers are on FanDuel. I would like to to compare their. We could we could effort that, but let's let's move on. 
And uh, as we said, the reason we weren't really uh, loving any of the Cy Young awards out there is because it's just a weird season. Miss one or two starts, you could fall off. And so here we are with Trevor Bauer as your betting favorite in the NL, followed by you Darvish, followed by Max Fried. So if that lets you know where things are and how different they are from uh, the beginning of the season. Now, DeGrom does come in at, at the fourth longest odds there at, at 600, four shortest odds, I should say. But still, uh, Trevor Bauer, you Darvish, and Max Fried have moved ahead of Jacob DeGrom. Now, over on the AL side, Garrett Cole's still right there, but now your betting favorite is Shane Bieber. If you've been watching him, he has been absolutely lights out. Now, N- Lucas Giolito moves into the short, third shortest odds. And, of course, the guy that me and you definitely knew, uh, Lance Lynn, Brett. Lance Lynn is sitting there at plus 450 on the AL side as far as the Cy Young goes. So, uh, while I, I, we, we haven't totally em, uh, embraced chaos yet because Garrett Cole and and uh, Jacob deGrom certainly could win both of these awards still. Um, there are several starts left for them in the rest of the season. There are, there at least as we sit right now, betting favorites that are – not, that we're not on the radar. I'll put it that way at the beginning of the year. We're going to be talking in a month or two about Lance Lynn, <laughs> Kyle Lewis, and Mike Yastrzemski winning awards. And uh, the, the sports and books Freed. are going to be Max, very Max happy. Freed, and Max Fried, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, gotta... the, the Trevor Bauer thing is interesting because he's such a polarizing guy. Are voters going to vote for him? If like you've got a Cubs writer and you know Brewers, Pirates writers, are they going to vote for a Trevor Bauer? I don't, I don't know. And that is a very real thing because, as we know, there's a there's a human element in this, oh, yeah. and he and people hate him, and he does not make him. I'll put it this way: he does not make himself very likable. I will so, yeah, say, that. if it, if his numbers are close to a U Darvish or a Degrom, I you gotta you gotta wonder if he's going to get a vote. I would say no. My personal opinion, I would say no. But he probably so does not. maybe plus three fifty is not great value. I would say so. Uh, Hard knocks rolls on, guys. If you're watching, uh, not a lot actually happened this past week on the show as far as anything. Uh, Melvin Gordon uh, did. I mean, Melvin Ingram did get his contract guaranteed, so that was kind of the big story there. He had actually not been holding out, Brett, which was kind of interesting. It was a a hold in, in. They yeah. were calling it. You know, uh, he was there. He was still doing some of the stuff. He was just not doing the stuff that he felt like could actually injure him. And so, uh, listen, I think he handled it uh, about as well as humanly possible, which I think is why they went ahead and guaranteed his money this season, no matter what. And is probably going to be looking at a pretty massive contract when we look at some of these ones that have been given out. Listen, dominant pass rushers in the NFL with this, with the way that the game has evolved into a passing game I understand why these teams unload these massive contracts on those guys because hell you've got to disrupt that part of the game because if you don't then you get guys that you know last year like a Mahomes like a you know Drew Brees like whatever who sit back there and just carve you up all day long yeah look at the teams who kind of surprised and were successful last year the Niners the Steelers out of nowhere with that pass rush Uh, uh, pass rushers matter Uh, they are extremely extremely valuable to I mean, outside of quarterback, I'd say the the most valuable to a betting line too, right? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. No doubt. And a weirdly like a weirdly like a key offensive lineman, typically like even right. like a center, like a center, a lot of times will uh, will will move a line just because they're kind of the quarterback there of the offensive line and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, pass rushers are are where it's at, and that's pretty. That was pretty much the the storyline in Hard Knocks this week. As far as from a betting aspect, there really wasn't anything 
I don't think tangible yet. I think whenever you're watching, Brad, uh, they have not they have not given any indication that Tyrod Taylor is not going to start the season for the Chargers and be their quarterback. So I think if you're looking at that team from a betting perspective, I, I have not seen any indication at all that they would be looking at Herbert at the start of of the season, despite the fact that everybody, you, everyone on the show is incredibly impressed with what he's been able to do. You see the receivers and even some of the running backs say like, man, that guy throws an amazing ball, yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, it does seem like they are favoring Tyrod Taylor and he'll be the dude to start the year. So from a betting perspective, that's who you that's who you should probably pencil in, at least for the first few games. Yeah, and I think you you would have uh, at least a a couple points difference between Taylor and Herbert if Herbert was starting week one. I think the Chargers are definitely safer with Tyrod. On the Rams side, fantasy-wise, still have no idea what's going on in that backfield, whether it's going to be Akers or Henderson or Brown. They haven't shown... I don't think they've shown those guys yet. So they really, uh, they really have not. They've like given no clip. coverage to that unit at all. Yeah, yeah I mean, so no idea what's going on in that backfield. Yeah, so we'll we'll keep watching if we can pull anything from the show that might help you for your betting. Uh, we will we'll try to point it out, but other than that, it is just pretty tough actually with the way things are going right now and not getting any preseason games as well. Uh, one last story here before we head into the AFC North, and, and Brett, this is a pretty big one, actually. Bet Chris is a big offshore sports book, the biggest in the world. You probably have heard of the name. I mean, they've been around forever. They are where, you know, they, they claim kind of they're where the line originates. And uh, there was actually an instance that went on this past week in which that actually played out. Um, there was a halftime line that Bet Chris hung. The line was actually a bad line. And but guess who didn't know that, Brett, a bunch of these legal sports books that were over here that hung the exact same Mm -hmm. line that Bet Chris put up. Of course, a couple of minutes later, they figured that out. They changed it. Everyone else in tune about a minute later over here on this side changed it and corrected to the error. And it was it was it's this secret that's been out in the open, right? Like you, anyone who follows the industry knows this. You and I both know this as to as to where a lot of these lines do originate and they do originate offshore. And typically they do originate with Betcris. And this was just one, a prime example. And two, one where there is a ton of egg on the face of a lot of these legal legal books over here. We talk about education being so important right now as, as sports betting comes into the light here in the U.S. For someone who is learning how this industry works, their question is going to be, why are these lines being copied by so many competing sports books? Like, is that truly necessary? Are we really saying that there's only one group of odds makers, in, maybe in the world, who can set an opener and drive the market just because they have the, the liquidity to manage the risk of setting a bad opener. Essentially, we're, we're taking any handicapping and skill out of the hands of odds makers in the, at these U.S. books saying, you know, we have guys who can manage risk and balance a ledger, but we don't necessarily trust our team to set a fair opener in fear of sharps getting down early on a poor line. Is that what we're saying right now? Yeah, there's that. And a lot of things you mentioned liquidity. I mean, like there is, and if you guys are listening to this and from a educational standpoint for the long history of sports betting, uh, you know, bet Chris had a, has a 20 plus year head start on pretty much all the books other than the super long-term Vegas books that are out here. And so with that, they have by far the biggest player pool in the world. They have by far the biggest betters 
in the world. More money flows through Betcris than any of these other places. And so what happens with all of that is a lot of these guys are scared to go against Betcris when it comes to a number, Brett, because if you're off from Betcris, you're likely to get hammered on the on arbitrages and things and whatever. Mm-hmm. And so there is a chance where you're looking and you might not necessarily agree with the number that they've put up, but you're worried about, and, and, and listen, that's just part of the bookmaking process because, you know, in the, in the old school, old school days, maybe you would have gotten some of these guys to say like, you know what, I'm going to hang the number that I think the number needs to be no matter what come hell or high water. Well, you know, things are a lot more corporate now in the sports betting world. A lot of these companies are, you know, have people to report to and there's there's management meetings where they have to explain why they did X, Y, Z and all that. And a lot of them don't want the headaches. A lot of them don't want to have to deal with all that. And so it does come down to a ton more of risk management these days than actual kind of like bookmaking from the ground up, you know, and yeah. that's not to say that's the case around, you know, we, we talk about Circa a lot, a lot here on this podcast. Now they were one of the ones who got <laughs> caught uh, kept, uh, using the bet Chris line in this, in this scenario, it was a halftime NBA line, I should say. And one of the things is, is listen, they came out and owned it and it had, had tip to them for coming out and own it. And basically what Matt Metcalf who runs the book over there said is like, Hey, we're not as strong in NBA as I would like us to be. And that's on us to be better. Now let's let's give credit where credit's due. What does Circa do? All last year, they originated the line in college football. Now they got hammered a lot of times. They were off on a lot of those lines, but they wanted to be line originators. They wanted to be bookmakers. And they did that with the college football product. They've done it with golf on several of the tournaments as well. Some of the very first odds you will see hit the market come out of Circa. Now, are the lines always where they need to be? Not necessarily. And they do get hammered and pounded on those, but he doesn't feel comfortable in doing that in the NBA. And they got caught doing the, uh, doing the copy and paste thing from, from bet Chris as well. I think more than anything, I, I, if there is a positive from this, Brett is, is that one, it's now even more out in the light as to what a lot of these books have been doing. And there is, at least if you know you listen to Matt Metcalf from Circa, and maybe the sentiment is the same in some of these other books that, that copied as well, is, uh, you know what, maybe we do need to be better. Maybe we need to be better in all this. Maybe we need to try harder, and maybe we need to try and and do this on our own as opposed to relying on uh, on the offshore which is a which is an entity that again we try and claim to say hey 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 bet legally bet legally bet legally and they are in fact a massive crutch yeah. for the legal industry yeah it's just the reality of where we are right now you know early on in the u.s market where liquidity is still small compared to uh bet chris and other offshore markets as liquidity grows across the country i would certainly hope that more decisions are going to be made inside the u.s market and ultimately that leads to offshores having less control over what's going on here because offshores shouldn't have control or, or say in what's going on here. They aren't regulated here. They don't pay taxes or license fees here. They shouldn't be offering real money action here. And they shouldn't have this much impact on how business is being operated in U.S. markets. Yeah, so that is uh, very interesting. And again, if you it, there are a lot of stories out there. Be sure uh, you can actually head over to Legal Sports Report, our sister site. There's an article written by Brad Allen over there on this issue that you can take a take a look at. Again, there's some interesting stuff, just as the inner workings of how the industry goes. That isn't happens behind the scenes that you don't always see right in front face all the time. And you know, one one last thing before we move on, Brad. I mean, I think the one thing that we can say is is if you live 
in an area where there is no legal sports betting. Listen, bet Chris. I understand why you bet it, bet Chris. Mm -hmm. I understand that. Like, there's no other option for you. So do what you got to do, right? I mean, this is this is the way that it. it, We advocate for these states to legalize, but listen, we understand there are states out there that won't do it right now and haven't done it and haven't whatever. And and so, if you have no other option, I totally understand why you're betting offshore. When I had no other option, I bet offshore. I totally get it. What we always advocate is if you live in a market that has legalized sports betting. And we give you a laundry list of reasons why that actually is the good way to go. First and foremost, you know, outside of we, you know, it just helping your community with it creates jobs. It has there's taxes that are being generated. There's, as you mentioned, licensing fees that goes towards your state. Some of these states have implemented where some of these where these monies go directly to to the communities and things and stuff like that. So outside of just that is the fact that you actually have some sort of recourse as well through all of this. And this actually played out in this instance where the U S books that hung the bad line, guess what they had to do, Brett, they had to pay out. What did not happen is, is bet Chris said, Oh, we hung a bad line and they voided all the bets that came in on that. And if, what is your recourse in that guys? It's none. It's absolutely zero because you have no one that you can go and complain to or whine to about that's going down. So that's all we're saying is if you live in a market that has legalized options, there are reasons, lots of them, as to why that's just the better course of action for you. And a lot of that comes with consumer protections. All right, let's move here into the AFC North. This division, actually, with three different teams that, you know, will create buzz, two possible real contenders even uh, in this uh, in this division here, sitting with the, the Ravens, Steelers, Browns, and Bengals. Now, Brett, if you want to bet these teams to win the AFC. So if you think that any of these teams is going to actually win the entire AFC, you can get the Ravens at plus 330 over at Fox Bet, Steelers 13 to 1 at FanDuel, Browns 18 to 1 at DraftKings and then the Bengals 80 to 1 over at Fox Bet. Those are going to be the best prices that you can get on all of those respective teams. So, you know, if you have one account We cannot recommend enough whenever you are betting futures to go ahead, head to the lines, take a look at whatever offers are offered within your state and sign up at, you know, at least two different books. I would recommend three or four if they have, if you have the option within your state, because uh, the numbers are, are pretty drastically different when it comes to these, these futures here, but the best number you're going to get on the Ravens bread is 330 over at Fox bet to win the entire AFC. Of course, that is sitting as the betting favorite. I understand it. I cannot poke any holes in this Ravens team. I think the only thing that you could probably do would be to look and say, well, what if what if Lamar regresses like massively? Yeah, for me, it's a it's a price thing. I mean, look, this Ravens team has very few flaws from top to bottom. They use analytics. They have top notch in-game strategy. They actually go for it on fourth down when the math says to. It's an organization that thinks outside the box, as evidenced by the way they spent draft capital to build around Lamar Jackson's skill sets. Like when do teams actually do that? The Ravens are doing things differently and it's paid off brilliantly. The way they yeah. just dominated on offensively last year, led the league in points scored point differential. They just uh, one yard per carry better than any other team in the league. They just dominated. This is a, I totally, yeah, I'm with you. I totally understand why they are the clear betting favorite in this division, but I think there's, might be some better value elsewhere because that's everybody. Everybody sees the same thing. Everybody's looking at the Ravens. 
Yeah, on the division side here, Ravens minus 188 at Fox Bet's going to be the best number that you're going to get. And that's actually one of the, that's actually by far the yeah. best number that you're going to get. It's, it's like minus 220, minus 230 over at DraftKings and FanDuel. So 188 at Fox Bet if you want the Ravens for the division. Steelers plus 350, Browns plus 550. And that's uh, the 350 for the Steelers is at DraftKings, the 550s at DraftKings and at Fox Bet. And if you want the Bengals, I would highly suggest not uh, in this division, but 26 to 1 for the Bengals at FanDuel, uh, getting through and over all three of those teams that all project to be pretty good, I think would be a pretty daunting task for this Bengals team. But 26 to 1 at FanDuel, if you believe they can take down the AFC North, I guess, Brad, this comes down to you can bet the Ravens at plus 330 to win the whole conference. Or you can take them at minus 188 to only have to finish better than three teams um, and and you don't have to win any playoff games with any of that or anything like that. Um, it depends on where your bankroll is, of course. I, I'm not going to say that I understand how much more, more attractive it is to bet 100 to win 330 than it is to bet 188 to win 100, but... They have to get to the Chiefs to, to win that uh, plus money. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I look at this division here, and it's like at 188 on the Ravens, I would much rather take that bet than the the Ravens having to to win the entire conference, which means winning a couple of playoff games, whereas, you know, they just got to finish higher than the Steelers, Browns, and Bengals. Right sure. Here. Yep. I get that. So let's take a look at the Steelers, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. If you were in that PA market over there, something's going to be really Interesting to you, uh, Super Bowl 25 to 1 across the board. So DraftKings, FanDuel, and Fox Bet 25 to 1 on your Pittsburgh Steelers. We have a win total sitting at nine at both DraftKings and FanDuel, but all that, both nines are not created equal here, guys. It is minus 134 on the over at DraftKings, but it's 110 at FanDuel. So if you want the over, head to FanDuel. Even though the number is the same, you're paying way, way less juice at FanDuel than you are at DraftKings. If you want the under of nine plus 110 over at DraftKings, now the number jumps to nine and a half as far as the win total at FoxBet. That is plus 110 on the over, 133 on the under, Brett. When we take a look at this team, the Steelers team, actually, according to Warren Sharp, who uh, goes in and, and rates the strength of schedule based off of forecasted win totals and things like that. You're looking at the Steelers with actually one of the more favorable schedules in all of the NFL. We've talked about that Colt schedule being the easiest in the NFL, but you don't have to go down very far. The seventh easiest schedule, according to Sharp Football, comes in way of the Steelers. Pittsburgh I think Pittsburgh has like the widest range of outcomes in the NFL. I mean, I think the ceiling for this team is the Super Bowl. You, you combine the easy schedule. If Big Ben is healthy and even playing at like 90% of what he was in 2018 when he threw for 5,000 yards and 34 touchdowns, this is a this is a team that I think could be better than Baltimore at, you know, if they play at the top of their range. But I'm skeptical that this is that this is going to happen. I mean, Ben is 38. He's not in the greatest shape. The chances of him getting through a full season healthy are worrisome. Does have a great offensive line that can keep him upright more than most. But man, he's just not able to move around like he used to. And that brings us to like the biggest question of the NFL offseason. Why didn't they sign a quarterback? Right. And you and I screamed this from the, a mountaintop repeatedly. Um, it, it's just, it was something we could not figure out. It did not make any sense whatsoever. 
uh, as to why they did not do that. I mean, you're looking at a team here, guys, that went eight and eight last year with the worst quarterbacking situation possibly in the league with what you were seeing as far as a week to week consistent play come out of Pittsburgh. And they still were able to find a way to go. 500 in in this division I mean in this uh, in the league in 2019 and so you know I for me it was it, it's mind-boggling and then you look at the the free agents here Brett I mean they did not really light it up on the free agent market either their highlight of their signings was Eric Ebron you know I mean that's like when when that's the case that's pretty much uh yeah that, that's that's pretty much lets you know all you need to know there they did spend their first draft pick now they did not have a first round pick but they their first draft pick was in the second round, they did draft Chase Claypool out of Notre Dame, a wide receiver, to kind of go in there and take some of the pressure off of Juju Smith-Schuster, which I think could help out Big Ben as well. On the offensive side of the ball, they also brought in Anthony McFarlane in the fourth round um, out of Maryland. So they did do some stuff there on the offensive side of the ball and um, on the from a draft side. But yeah, nothing really going on there on the free agency side of things. And really the big question mark here and the reason why I don't have any bets in my account on the Steelers as a whole, Brett, is because of the big question mark, like you mentioned, what are we going to get from a 38-year-old Ben Roethlisberger that's coming off of a, a, an entirely missed season where, you know, he... <laughs> I, you and I said this, and uh, you know, a, a year ago, we were like, this guy went out there and threw a few passes, and then decided he couldn't play the whole season. Like there was no indications leading into the season that he is, that his arm was all messed up or whatever. Like it seemed like he almost knew something wasn't right, and then just was too stubborn to to tell the team or something like that. It was crazy. Yeah, I mean, look, if Ben does defy science and history and return to his 2018 form for all 16 games this is a top 10 team in the league easily because oh the defense is so the good. defense it just they, they exploded onto the scene last year with that tremendous pass rush they're excellent they're a lot of fun to watch but this season really does hinge on the health of big ben actually not even just the health it hinges on his productiveness he might he might not be good anymore like we don't know right. what he is so just so many question marks and the fact that they seemingly did not make an effort to sign a james winston or a cam newton is just perplexing there's not enough value on this for me because again, too many question marks, but to make the playoffs, the best price you're going to get minus 133 on the yes over at Fox bet plus 113 on the no uh, over at DraftKings. Uh, again, with, with the question marks there, I'm not getting a good enough number on the no Brett. Like if I was getting a little bit better number on the no, I might just kind of bet against father time here yeah. and, and that, that, that Ben is not going to be very good, but uh, just not enough for not enough there for me. Uh, as far as a bet, as far this is where it does get interesting though, because there are things baked in here as to Ben Roethlisberger not being good. Um, his po- passing yardage total thirty eight hundred and a half over at DraftKings. That's one ten on both sides. Over at FoxBet, it is thirty nine hundred and a half one ten on both sides. So obviously, if you want to take the over, you're heading to DraftKings. If you want to take the under, you're heading over to FoxBet. In 2018, of course, we're, we're throwing 2019 out, but in 2018 for, for Big Ben, he threw for 5,129 yards. In 2017, he threw for 4,251 yards in 15 games. So not even in 16 games did he destroy both of these numbers. He has averaged at least 251 yards per game in every season for the last 10 seasons. Of course, we're, we're throwing 
last year out where he didn't play from 2014 to 2018, Brett. These are his these are his averages. 309, 328, 272, 283, and 320 yards per game. And we are looking at a 3,800 and a half at DraftKings. I mean, I understand the injuries baked in. I understand the there is that weird question mark that he may suck. But holy mackerel, when you take a look at that number, it's it's pretty juicy. It is, but like I said, the, the the range of outcomes for him is just so wide. I don't, I don't trust. I just don't know enough to to feel comfortable with a bet like this. I, there's just too many question marks. If you're a Ben Roethlisberger fan, I'll, like again, if if you want to bet this because you're a fan that's going to be watching every game as it is anyway, I'll put it this: I actually do lean towards uh, the over. One thing about Roethlisberger is, is again, we're Sands last year. He's a big, tough son of a bitch. I mean, like he plays through stuff and nicks and injuries. And, and and not only does he play through them, Brett, he plays effectively through them. I mean, like the guy looks out, looks like he's hobbling around or whatever. And then he's still throwing for 330 yards in the game and stuff like that. So, I mean, if the arm actually functions correctly, um, then then I can I would be a fan of an over bet here for for someone who wants to be holding an over ticket for their for their Steelers you know sure. for their for their team. I'll, I'll say this if if I if you like Big Ben, and because he has such a wide range of outcomes, I would bet him in some of these futures markets where you can get really good price, like a comeback player of the year or an MVP yeah. or a Steelers Super Bowl. I think that's the best way to get value because there's a good chance you know if if he either gets hurt or he's bad, they could go six and ten. I mean, I feel like they over overperformed last year, and they went eight and eight. That was the that was probably the worst offense, at, least at the very best, a bottom five offense in the NFL. They were miserable. So, without Big Ben, this team's going nowhere. And if if he's good, they're going to be really good. I mean, that's just how it is. Yeah, and, and so I think that's a. I actually think that's a very good way to kind of like look and, and go about it at the end of the day. Is you know where Big Ben goes, this team goes. So maybe you just take the the risk on him alone because we saw what happens last year if he doesn't Jeez, play, right? Was... I mean, like the, this team's not going anywhere without him. So you can actually get him 44 to one to win the MVP over at FanDuel. If that is something that you're, that you're interested in um, 44 to one on him over there, comeback player of the year. He is actually the favorite to be the comeback player of the year, but you're still getting three to one on Big Ben to be the comeback player of the year over at, over at DraftKings. So something to look at whenever you kind of take a, a big, broad look at this this team here. And the other thing that we talked about whenever we were talking about the the, the Giants and, and the Jets and stuff is there is that locals favorites tab over on FanDuel. You can click on the Steelers as well over there. You can bet on their first win of the season. You can actually bet on their first loss of the season as well. Uh, which wherever you think that might come in. And then all the games for the entire season are are also lined right now. Brett, as we take a look at this team sitting here, uh, they are favored in uh, the first three games of the year. They are only slight dogs on the road at the Titans, and then they come back, and then they are favored in another two games before being an actual real dog uh, to the Baltimore Ravens, which is you know eight games into the eight games into the season. So I mean, if things were to go right, there there's at least potential for for special things from this team. Absolutely, this sets up well for them. Uh, if Big Ben is healthy and playing well, they 
they could go far this year. I, I truly believe the ceiling is is, is is a Super Bowl for the for the Steelers this year. They come out of the bye. They get the Cowboys, which is not going to be fun. But then you go back to back with with Bengals, Jaguars. So, I mean, yeah. if you're heading into the bye at, you know, whatever, let's call it, you know, five and two, six and one. Maybe if you got real, if you ran real hot, even if you lose that Cowboys game, then there's two bounce back games there against the Bengals and Jags could be pretty could be pretty fortunate for this team here. So uh, as far as the win total goes, uh, Again, where this win total goes is where Big Ben goes, so I'm going to avoid it. But yeah. I do think that if you're looking at nine, uh, I think you're looking at a push at worst if if Big Ben's healthy. I think that's like a push at worst, and the the over is more likely than not. I think the range here is like four and tw- like four wins and twelve wins. I think I wouldn't be surprised yeah. by either, honestly. Speaking of 12 wins, um, <laughs> how about the Baltimore Ravens? Uh, Super Bowls plus 650 at all three books. As you would imagine, they are one of the very favorites to win the Super Bowl. So you're only getting six and a half to one heading into the season here on the Ravens. Their win total, 11 at both DraftKings and FoxBet. If you want the over, head over to DraftKings where it is at minus 115. If you want the under on that, plus 105 over at FoxBet. And be sure and, and take advantage of that because the the under is is minus 106 over at DraftKings. So like you're getting plus 105 over at FoxBet on the under of 11. At FanDuel, they've actually lined this thing at 11 and a half. Plus 105 on the over, minus 125 on the under. Brett, we knew the Ravens were going to be popular. We knew they were going to be a team that everyone was going to be watching, rightfully so. Again, tough to poke holes in this team, but we are having to, we're going to have to get 12 wins out of this team if we want to cash a ticket on the over. Yeah, and it's kind of like how I was on the Ravens last year when everybody was, everybody else was on the Browns. It seemed like I'm flipping it this year. I think there's too much steam on the Ravens, and I think there's better value elsewhere in this division. So that's kind of the way I'm attacking it this year. I look at it this way: Could should they win? 12 games probably yeah. but it's just real hard to win 12 games in the NFL you know i mean they close out guys i mean their their last 3 games i mean it's it's jaguars giants bengals it's a it's a literal moonwalk you know that they've got going on here and so uh, you know uh, brett if they get to a point where if you're sweating an over you're feeling probably pretty damn good, even if they've only got nine wins heading into 15, 16, and 17. But, you know, there's a decent little stretch of games where it's not going to be easy. They'll be favored in all of them. But it goes Colts, Patriots, uh, Titans, Steelers, Cowboys, Browns. And, like, they are going to lose somewhere in that stretch, and they might lose two of them in that stretch right there. And it's it's going to be really interesting to see how some of these good teams adapt to Lamar this year and how the Ravens are prepared for those adjustments, which are coming. Baltimore always seems to be a step ahead. And, you know, it, during the offseason, they, they traded Hayden Hurst to the Falcons. They drafted two receivers. So will we see more of an air attack from Baltimore this year? Or are they just going to keep ramming it down throats with the run game? Like the the existence of Lamar Jackson will always keep defenses guessing because they're just so successful running the football, no matter what formation or personnel package they have on the field. I just can't wait to see what some of these good teams do to combat Lamar Jackson this year, because there's a lot of tape they can learn from last year. 
they traded for Calais Campbell, drafted Patrick Queen, linebacker in the first round. And but while they did draft a couple wide receivers, they also took J.K. Dobbins in the second round, uh, running back out of Ohio State to yep. probably work into that rotation, as you mentioned, of just uh, of just absolutely destroying people on the ground, which is probably a big reflection of what we're seeing here in these Lamar Jackson passing numbers. Uh, Brett, 31 99 and a half. If you want the over, you can find that at both FanDuel and Fox bet uh, 3250 and a half. If you want the under at DraftKings, but 3,200 yards for Lamar Jackson is where we are sitting uh, on these totals here. And I think that there's a lot of people who look at last year where we have a quarterback that yes, a quarterback ran for a thousand yards last year. And, and that happened. And Lamar Jackson did that. Um, but he also threw for 31-27 uh, last year. So we're sitting kind of right on that number again. So even if there's just a slight uptick in his passing performance, um, there th- this over could definitely get there. Now, will he run as much as he did last year? There's a lot of people who, who want – I think the hot take out there, Brett, is that that he's not going to run as much as he did last year. But – Let's put it this way. He's still in his athletic prime. It worked for them. They went very, very deep. And this is a team built to win today. I'm not going to say if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But hey, man, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If you are looking for a slight uptick, it's in the schedule. According to Sharp Football, they face the fourth easiest schedule and the eighth easiest Sorry, let me try that. Let me let me let me start that over. They play the third easiest schedule of defenses and the sixth easiest pass defense schedule. So he will he will have the opportunity to carve up some bad pass defenses this year. So that's kind of why I'm leaning over. Plus, you know, we don't know how defenses are going to adjust and how the, the Ravens plan to to attack that. I think they will be throwing more and I think they're going to have more success through the air. Um, so I, I would tend to lean over on Lamar passing props and under on rushing. The Cleveland Browns, the apple of everybody's eye last offseason, did not do anything to uh, back that up at all. There was a lot of turmoil on the sidelines and everything was going absolutely crazy there in Cleveland. I don't know if I've seen a team, at least in recent memory, Brett, with as much talent and as much potential underperform as much as that Browns team did on a regular basis. That was like the main thing. It was just like every every time you saw a glimpse of hope and a glimmer of like, oh, wow, this team might could actually be special, they would just go and kick you right in the groin again. They went 6-10 and 10 last year. Of course, that means new head coach in town. Kevin Stefanski is now your head coach there in Cleveland. Um they go out, they do sign Jack Conklin, so they bring in offensive line help. Austin Hooper is now in town for more offensive help for them at the tight end position. They go out, they draft an offensive lineman with the 10th pick overall in the first round. So uh, they did lose Grant Delpit, though. They tried to add to that, they tried to add to that secondary Grant Delpit, a really hard hitting safety that uh, went down in practice just this past week and he ruptured an Achilles on him. So he is out for the season. So he is not going to be there for the Cleveland Browns. But uh, Brett, we look at this 40 to one on the Cleveland Browns to win the Super Bowl. That's going to be your account. best price. It can that, be your best price over account. at DraftKings. Yeah, I mean, 40 to one for them to win the Super Bowl. And you kind of take a look at this schedule 
And I mean, it's like, it's up and down. Like there's never really uh, one of those stretches kind of like we talked about with, with the Ravens where they just close out the, the final three games with just like these absolute cupcakes or whatever. But you look at the Browns, according to Warren Sharp, third easiest schedule in all of the NFL. And, you know, if you believe the coaching change is good, which it has to have been good. <laughs> if you believe that this talent is is still as good as we believe this talent can be, I mean, you look at this roster, and if you just looked at this roster, Brett, it looks like a fantasy team, but it's all one team. I am expecting a huge step forward from Baker Mayfield and Odell in this passing attack this year with Kevin Stefanski calling the plays. Uh, and I'm a big culture guy, and I think Stefanski is a huge difference maker there. Uh, we've seen it already. Um, but yeah, this offense should be way more efficient, more play action, more diverse personnel packages. Stefanski ran a lot of play action at Minnesota, a lot of heavy personnel. So we're going to see a different type of Browns offense and Baker Mayfield has shown a lot of success out of play action, out of heavy personnel sets. They have two talented tight ends now with Hooper and, and Joku who can both make plays in the passing game. You combine that with, like you said, an improved offensive line and that plethora of talent, including Chubb, Kareem Hunt. This offense is ridiculous, and the ceiling is the sky. I love this team this year. I will say this, is if you put in a Super Bowl bet for the Cleveland Browns, you need to also put in a Baker Mayfield MVP bet yeah. in tandem. Because if if this Browns team goes on to win a Super Bowl, if they play well enough this season to win a Super Bowl, then Baker Mayfield is going to be right, right, right there in the discussion as far as uh, – as far as the MVP goes. So I would do that in tandem if I were going to do it. Eight and a half is your win total at all three books. Your best number is minus 110 at FanDuel and Foxbet. It is even money at DraftKings on the under if you want to go under eight and a half on that. So um, it is very, very, uh, look, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think this Brown seems a bounce back candidate here. I like what they did in the draft. I like what they did in free agency and the offseason. So for me, I'm kind of a buyer on on all things Browns. But my one my one piece of advice is if you are betting them Super Bowl, you bet you bet Baker Mayfield in tandem for MVP because that those two things are basically going to go hand in hand. Yeah. Or comeback player of the year. It's it's crazy, man. Like this time last year, the Browns were favored to win this division. That place was inflated. Obviously, uh, the hype train was cruising. And people were undervaluing the, the, the Ravens. We, we said that on this very podcast. We said exactly that. But the, the situation has flipped now. Like the Browns are getting no love at the books, despite the insertion of a new coaching staff. You got the full year of chemistry with Baker and all these weapons. I think the Browns are, if not the best value in the NFL betting market right now, the second best. There's another team we'll talk about later. But like Super Bowl, AFC, AFC North is my, like them winning the AFC North is my biggest bet right now. I have a lot of exposure to the Browns in my betting accounts, fantasy football. I've got all the Baker Mayfield and Odell and, and Nick Chubb. I, I'm expecting huge things out of Cleveland this year. To round things out here in the division, the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, if you want the Cincinnati Bengals to win the Super Bowl, I don't know why you would. But if you do, you can get 170 to 1 at FanDuel, Brett. Uh, 170 to 1 is going to be your best price over there at FanDuel. It's actually by far the best price, actually. It's like yeah. they're, they're, they're like 150 at the other, other two books. So definitely, if you want that ticket, go to FanDuel, 170 there. Win total 
five and a half at all three books. If you want the over minus 120 at Fox Bet is your best number. If you want the under, you're getting plus 110 at DraftKings and FanDuel, both of the five and a half. Now you look at this Cincinnati team here. We don't have to tell you what they did in the offseason. They got the number one overall pick. And with that, Everyone knew where they were going to go. Everyone knew who they were going to draft, and they did. They went and got Joe Burrow. He is going to start from day one for this team here. Um, Brett, you take a look at the Bengals' schedule. It is a little bit harder than average. Um, 22nd as far as difficulty in the league, according to Warren Sharp. So it's not going to be easy for Joe Burrow by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, one of that has to just do the fact with this division that he plays in, right? I mean, you, we both like the Browns a little bit better this year. And then we talked about the Steelers defense is going to be a killer no matter what. And then the Ravens as well in there. Um, he does get games against the Dolphins. He does get games against the Giants, does get games against the, wow, I almost said the Redskins, the Washington football team. It's going to happen. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to happen a million times. Um, he does get games against those guys, a game against the Jaguars as well. So you kind of look and you start saying like, okay, well, what if he beats the Jaguars and then he beats Washington and then he beats the Giants and then he beats the the the, the Dolphins? We're only looking at two more games that he's, he's got to win to get over this five and a half total. But then you look at the rest of the schedule and you're kind of like, well, yeah. uh, where do you find those two wins? <laughs> I mean, they're going to mess around and win a game they shouldn't. But even at that, that puts you at, at five wins. So I don't know. I think this number is pretty much right on. It's pretty much spot on, which has me kind of running from it. They're going to be bad again. This is, I think this is the toughest division in the NFL. We've talked about, I mean, all of these, these three other teams all have Super Bowl potential um, and all have feroc- ferocious pass rushers who I think, I mean, Joe Burrow is going to have such a tough time with this offensive line this year. I mean, it should be improved with a healthy Jonah Williams from the tape I've seen from him so far in the offseason. He's looked amazing, but that was the big concern for me was, you know, throwing Burrow in, into the wolf when the, the wolf den here. I mean, he's just, I don't know how he's going to stay upright. Uh, it's a good thing. He's athletic. He's not that, you know, quarterback that gets stuck in the mud in the pocket, but he's going to have a tough time and their season goes with him. So I'm, I don't, I'm with you. I don't, I can't find five wins here. Like they're only, favored in one of their first 15 games according to points bet there are some more winnable games here but i don't think they i don't think they get to five yeah it, it's it my lean is to the under um and but i i don't have it in my account i think the number's pretty spot on but i do have a lean towards the under of the five and a half. And of course you would do that at DraftKings or Fox bet where you're actually getting plus plus one ten on those. There's no shortage of offensive help for him here. I mean, we could list the, I mean, you start looking at this at who, I mean, they drafted T Higgins as well. So they bring in that, of course, so John Ross is going to play six or seven games because he gets injured every single year. AJ green is back. Of course, there's Tyler Boyd in the mix. Joe Mixon is there. So there is no, no shortage of offensive talent, for this Bengals team, but the problem is they're going to have one of the worst defenses in the entire league, if not the worst defense in the entire league. They're going to be playing from behind constantly, and that's never a good position to be in, especially for a rookie quarterback. <laughs> my my memory of the, the Bengals' defense last year was, I think it was Monday Night Football, the Steelers were just having their way getting down the field, just dinking and dunking with Jalen Samuels. And I'm just like, how is this, how is this possible? That <laughs> you're allowing this offense to just march down the field time after it was ridiculous. Yeah. This, this defense is putrid. 
Joe Burrow, 3,700 and a half passing yards at DraftKings, 3,749 and a half at BoxBet, and 3,800 over at FanDuel. Brett, we believe this team is going to be bad. We believe that they're going to be playing from behind. We know what that means for a quarterback. That means dropping back and throwing nearly every single time. So... Where do we sit on these passing yardage numbers? Obviously, we have he's a rookie. We have no nothing to look at from last year other than the fact that he was one of the most accurate quarterbacks in college football history, but he was also playing on one of the most loaded teams in college football history as well. Um, you look at that number, it seems very reasonable, but um there's just a lot of there's just a lot of of unknowns, a lot of weird factors going into this. Yeah, I haven't studied the the number a whole lot. I am worried that it's a bit inflated just because of the name recognition with Burrow. People want to bet overs on, you know, the with the success that he had last year at LSU. Also, I am worried about him getting hurt behind this offensive line against this schedule. So I I certainly won't be betting this, but I would probably lean under just because of those concerns kind of the same. I mean, uh, and you'd do that over at FanDuel if you wanted to do that at 3,800. I mean, if when you do the raw math, if you're like, okay, if he stays healthy and plays all 16 games, that only comes out to 231 yards a game to get over 3,700. But one, we know it's not easy to play all 16 games Two, there might come a point where this team is so bad or burrow is just getting beat up so much. I mean, who knows? Maybe they're, Brett, if they're sitting one in 14 or one in 13 or something like, do you even roll him out there the last couple of games of the year? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, 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 do you take the chance of him just getting injured for absolutely no reason whatsoever? I don't know. I think that there is a there's at least a a possibility of that happening as well. And so for me. I do lean under on the Burrow number as much as it pains me to say, because obviously he is uh, he has a very special place in my heart. But <laughs> Um, no shortage of offensive talent, however. So from a, if you guys listen to our fantasy pod, from a fantasy perspective, we actually love Burrow. He is going to have a couple of 400 yard games, Brett. It's going to happen. Like he's going to have a couple of 400 yard games. He's also going to have a couple of 160 yard games though. You know, so from a, a best ball perspective, uh, love, love, love Burrow. But, um, but from a betting this 3,700, 3,800 number, something like that, I would take the 3,800 and the under. Yep, that's where I would lean as well. What do we think about Joe Mixon? I the reports about him having migraines in he's missed a couple days of practice this week. I man, migraines are tough. Like you can't play when you've got migraines. It's just not going to happen. If that's this is the first time I'm hearing of of Mixon having migraines, so that's a little concerning. Yeah, I I'm I don't like that. I mean, I know that if you go and try to find some of his numbers, some of his futures, they've been pulled down at some of these yeah. books. Um, because I think that they're they're worried enough about it that they they pulled him down to see kind of what's going to be going on there. Plus, so yeah, the, the I mean, contract too. I mean, he wants he wants to renegotiate that. So yeah, there are questions about him going into the season. Yeah, I think the only other I think the only other guy out there on this team where you could where you start to look at it and you say like, all right, well, is there anything to be had on whether you believe AJ Green is going to be totally back or not? Uh, this is the, the herein lies the problem where there's no preseason and we're literally just relying on, you know, little tiny things we hear from people and stuff. So it's like, you know, I've heard a lot of people are like, Oh, I'm, I'm fading AJ green. And then there's a ton of people out there who are saying 
it's AJ Green. What are you talking about? He's like what, literally one of the best receivers in all of football. And just because he sat out a season, you don't like him anymore. And so I, I, I can understand diff- both sides of that argument, right? I get the differing mm-hmm. opinions. I mean, I kind of tend tend to lean towards. I mean, he's still AJ Green, you know. But um, at the end of the day, I don't have any any AJ Green tickets in my account. Same. I have like I, I no, not like I have zero exposure to AJ Green yeah. this year, which could come back to bite me because I mean, this could be a team that throws a lot, and if he's healthy, yeah, he is AJ Green. Uh, so that's a little worrisome. But I'm, <laughs> yeah, I, I need to see it before I. I buy into it guys as always you can find us over on apple spotify stitcher google podcast at the lines us at PlayPix us and of course all these teams we talked about here there's a written preview as well for all of these over on the lines there will be a video preview from me on the steelers as well that goes even more in depth than we went here on the pod so be sure and check that when that hits but all those things are uh, on the team pages whenever you take a look at uh, the lines.com. So be sure and do that. And as we always say, if you live in any of these states that have multiple sports books, just click on your state there at the lines and see what offers are available. There are going to be tons of them as they try to get your business when it comes to football season here. So if you're going to bet these futures, have at least two books that you're working with, three or four, even better to get the best number. Make sure that you're always getting the maximum return that you can get on all of this. For Brett, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week.